You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Jenna Sargent, news editor of SD Times. Hi, everyone. This week's episode is sponsored by Synopsys, a leading provider of security solutions. You can learn more about their offerings at synopsys.com, which I will include a link to in the episode notes. In today's episode, you'll hear from Scott Johnson, Senior Director of Product Management at Synopsys, about how application security has evolved over the years, what security challenges developers face today, and the must-haves for rapid scanning solutions. You'll also hear about Synopsys's rapid scanning solution, Coverity. Now, on with the episode. So, can you talk a little bit about how application security has evolved over the years and what that has meant for application security teams and the people who are running scans and stuff like that? Sure. it's It really has been a kind of an evolution. If you go back to the early days of application security back in, geez, 2002, 2003, way back when Coverity and some others first started out. And uh, Back then, there there weren't near as many languages and frameworks. Um, I don't. There was very little open source, uh, and uh, you know, people were not. There was no agile development. You know, so uh, there was a lot of emphasis around uh, the thud factor of find as many issues as you can find, deliver those results back. And it's okay if it takes a long time. In fact, there was kind of this this view that taking a long time meant that you were really doing a deep and thorough job. And if something was fast, it was like, whoa, you know, uh, I'm not so sure that this found those vulnerabilities in that COBOL app. And uh, but what's interesting is so that, you know, as the market continued to evolve and as we moved from you know, traditional waterfall development and, and kind of in parallel too. I don't, I'm not a historian on the evolution of software development, but I've, I've lived it, you know, being in the space is there was a, a, a pretty interesting time period, probably from what I remember around say 2010 or so where there was a big push to move towards agility Um you know, in moving away from waterfall development where the the application would get updated every every 18 months or every two years. And so development teams built their software that way. And when you do it that way, application security, which is still pretty new back in 2010, let's say, it still could take a long time. There really was no, there was no DevOps. There was just development. And then uh, you had a gold package that someone would push out somewhere that was validated as the standard and everyone would burn their, were we burning CDs back then? Maybe so, right? So um, even before that, right, put everything on floppy disks and mail them out and go get your package security software or your applications. And, you know, then there was just this major transition that started to happen with the acceleration of the number of applications that companies had, the the proliferation of new languages, and that really changed things. So suddenly, in addition to the traditional methods, now there's 
you know, uh, Apex, Swift, and suddenly there's something called Docker and then Terraform. And there's DevOps people now that start to look at how you deliver the applications more from an operational perspective. And then there's security around that. And so there's really been an, the, an interesting evolution there where um, you used to have a handful of apps uh, and you could scan them and take a long time. And today, uh, when you look at the world, uh, look at, pick a company, Microsoft, how many applications do they have today? Pepsi, how many, how many mobile apps do they have today? And the amazing thing is, so they'll do a promotion for whatever, the Super Bowl or something, and create mobile apps for your Swift, for your iPhones and Android devices using Swift and Kotlin and things like that. And they'll, 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 they'll crank those things out and do updates every day. So suddenly, not suddenly, but rather quickly over the last five years, let's say, so it's not a glacial move, it's still a pretty fast move. Now you have this explosion of applications. You have DevOps teams uh, driving agile DevOps processes and application security teams that really have to partner up with the developers to make sure or help ensure that you're running scans. And that's not even the point of it. It's not even about running scans. It's about how are you ensuring the most secure applications move into production as quickly as possible. And uh, so that's an evolution that's been really since the early 2000s to now. And again, when you look at, just think of the things that aren't, that weren't there back then. There, again, there, there was no Swift. There was no iPhone. When did the iPhone come out? 2003? So there wasn't even an iPhone. There was no app store. There were no apps for the most part. And, and today, I mean, you have uh, Kubernetes, Terraform, Docker, Helm charts, uh, all variants of infrastructure as, co as, as code, uh, Azure, uh, Amazon uh, from a from a develop from a developer workflow perspective. Um, GitHub. Oh, let's not forget GitHub and GitLab. And now, hey, every time I do a pull request, uh, I need to check that code for certain vulnerabilities. So uh, it's become a much more developer centric need versus the AppSec teams, and they've always been outnumbered, right? And it dawned on me one day when I was in, I was actually in. Uh, in Australia meeting with a bank and we were talking to their AppSec team. And he said, the, the guy there said, geez, I'm, we're just worn out. We can't keep up. And I said, well, how many people do you have for your team? He said, we have like 10. So, well, how many developers do you have? He said 3000. And I was like, so 10 are trying to keep up with 3000 and that just doesn't work. Right. So the evolution has been with all those things that we just talked about, you have to really enable the developers the AppSec team, Matt, team members are still key, right? But they're more of the guardians of application security. And more and more of the developers are the, the ones doing it, right? They're the ones getting validation, running the scans, uh, using Jenkins from a build server integration perspective, and uh, trying to crank out their code and doing it, you know, doing it as fast as they can uh, and as secure as they can. So that's some of the evolution right there. It's a pretty interesting journey, actually. Yeah, it is interesting. So with this 
like boom in the number of applications and introduction of things like DevOps. What sort of challenges are development teams currently having um, with security and how can they kind of overcome those issues? Yeah, the, there's a number of challenges. And I think I think that the, the, one of the first ones starts around with the, the pace, right? So there's a lot of pressure on developers to release applications quickly. And so what that's created is a condition where they'll lose a lot, they'll use lots of different tools. And uh, developers are an interesting group of people, right? They, they, they focus in on uh, a number of areas in terms of how they can deliver for their companies and be creative. And, uh, and in many cases, organizations enable or allow their developers to use um, basically any of the tools that are out there. And what I mean, let's just sort of drill down into that a little bit. And this creates part of the challenge is the, uh, the, the sprawl of the languages and frameworks that we talked about, the speed and efficiencies that you need to have. But then to secure those applications and do that kind of programmatically, there's so many different uh, tools in the toolkit. So whether it's a mix of, hey, this organization over here uh, is, uh, is using Azure DevOps, uh, this other this other group over here, they're they've got their own process in place, and they're using Team City and Jenkins. Um, and so, how do you put in place um, kind of programmatic applica- application security controls that doesn't then limit the developers? So that's a challenge of the challenge of the balance between driving the right security program and not layering on that friction that has a huge impact on the developers because it's the friction that slows them down. It's the friction that could create conditions where the developers might do workarounds. You know, hey, I'm not going to use that IDE because that's not uh, that's not enabling me to release uh, the software that I want to create. Or, heck, I was at one customer and I asked them, I said, well, it's interesting because think of this challenge in in most areas of different business you wouldn't you wouldn't use a uh, you wouldn't use a language that isn't easily secured right it's like uh, door locks well look at these open doors well, let's put in doors that aren't standard then nobody can use the locks it's like well you wouldn't do that you how do you how, how do you secure the home when you know, or sub windows that don't fit that have the right locks. It's like, well, that doesn't make sense. But in the software world, um, it's kind of a free for all, right? No, very few organizations go back to their development team and say, hey, look, in the industry space, uh, we realize this is a cool new language and framework, but most of the solutions providers don't have a way to secure it. So you either need to do you know, we either need to do manual pen testing and things like that and, co- and deep code reviews, or you need to stay with a common language that, you know, the Coverities and some of the other providers provide application security around. And so that sprawl is a really big challenge for organizations that are trying to implement programs and ensure compliance. And again, when you go back and look at the, the realities of, uh, you know, the AppSec team members being uh, outnumbered, right? You really have to, 
you, they really have to partner with their dev teams and uh, and build that culture. So, so those are a few of the challenges, the culture changes evolved, the sprawl of the different tooling and how you can really get your arms around those things so that you can enable the teams to drive agile development, be secure, and, you know, look, one of the reasons why that challenge is there in terms of the different languages and frameworks is it's not easy to keep developers and keep them challenged. You know, they, they want to use the latest uh, technologies and capabilities and languages and keep sharpening their skills. And, you know, who's the AppSec team to tell them no? Right? That's a hard no to say, we only develop in Java and you can only use, you know, Java version X. Anything out now? You can put controls in place, and that's done in a lot of cases on the uh, on the open source side, where you know you can you can you can fail things based on certain criteria. This isn't the right version. There's a known vulnerability. So it'd be, it'd be, it, it basically it, it definitely evolves beyond just the static analysis part of it, uh, and and that does create another challenge too. It isn't just one tool or capability that you need in your environment. So makes it interesting for sure. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between some of the more traditional application security testing solutions like SCA and context-based scanning? Yeah, so when you look at, uh, and this kind of ties into the evolution of, of uh, software development. Um, so there's obviously different components with software. There's been a, a major explosion in the, the usage of open source components. So those those components of code that are available to everyone, there's various libraries out there uh, using different uh, 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 build repositories where it makes it easy, right? So if, if, if you're writing software today, there's custom software and there's open source components and you can you can scan the open source with static analysis no question um, but when you look at uh, SCA or software composition analysis the emphasis there is really on the open source components the open source libraries being able to create a bill of materials of hey what's what's in there what version of TLS is being used and then can you do certain things as part, as part of the life cycle of those open source components where you can actually fail a build? And that's part of the workflows that some of the solutions, you know, Black Duck and some of the others out, that are out there can really provide capabilities. And you look at the, you know, the dependencies um, and, and really try to, to analyze the open source components and find known vulnerabilities, right? So... The big difference between the two, between um, software composition analysis and static static analysis, so what Black Duck does, and Black Duck has a few different cap few different areas of things that it does in terms of compliance, security. You also have the whole binary aspect of things versus having the compiled code. Not everyone has the compiled code, so can you assess the binaries? And you know, there's different schools of thought in terms of how how good a result you get. I'm more traditionalist and tend to usually think that binary analysis is harder to get a, 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 a deep look at all aspects of vulnerabilities of the code. Um, but the, the, it's, but the, the interesting part is 
the combination of the two and the traditional approaches have been more along the lines of um hey so uh we've got open source components in this app we found them are there are there known vulnerabilities associated with yes they are all right here's your list of stuff uh someone needs to go do something about it developer create a ticket or maybe you can automate that and uh, and go work those and then separately you might do your static analysis and then maybe you bring those two things together what's evolving in, in when you look at what we're doing with uh what synopsis is doing with you know capabilities like rapid scan um whether it's you know for sca or for for sast really centers around how you can quickly um scan all components of the application and uh, say for example on a on um, when you're, if you're using a build server integration tool like Jenkins, if you're doing a commit, right, and you're you're um, you're in the workflow of your application, why not assess it at the same time? Run your static analysis, run your open source analysis in parallel, and then provide those results back holistically, so that you can take deeper action and then that's where the context starts to come into it as well and um it's unique and interesting in some of the things we're doing around how we how we focus on providing contextual based scanning results that are purposeful based on um you know what type of app is it uh what point in the process are you at are you the developer in your ide and you really just need to get information back in seconds um, and maybe you don't need to do interprocedural analysis at that point you're looking at structural things semantic analysis again you can do you can do you don't maybe you don't need a full bill of materials but you need the list of those dependencies and issues that that you could go work on and by the way here are the recommendations directly to the developer. So the contextual aspect of it is, so I'm a developer, provide me those things holistically that I can go action. On the, the flip side of that, you still might have, not still, you still have the application uh, security team members who are looking at the whole picture. So they want all the results, right? Not just the criticals that maybe the developer needs to go fix, but also those other issues because maybe there's, there's dependencies or other other cross application issues that they want to look at at a deeper level than maybe what you want the developers to look at at that point in time because it's interesting the context also has to do with the mental context shifting that sometimes you can put developers through that is not good and what that means is so if I'm if I'm a developer and I'm working on uh, an application I checked it in uh brand my branch and i'm now i'm you know two days later i get a i get a scan report for open source or static analysis either or let's say it's combined and it says hey look hey good for you good for lucky you here are some issues you need to go mitigate and you're like well shoot i checked that in two days ago i don't i, I haven't even looked at that i don't know where you know it's so now mentally the developer is out of the you know let's say that was in a that was in a certain language or a certain part of the app. Now they're working on something else a couple of days later. 
Now you have to like fully reorientate orientate what you're doing and go take measures, take the appropriate measures of what you need to go action versus, hey, I just uh, I just did a pull request and uh, here is a, here's a weakness in my <coughs> um, in a in my Kubernetes environment um, based on some parameter uh, issue. It's not necessarily a vulnerability in the CWE or CVE uh, kind of vein, but it is a, an issue because it could be exploited. Um, and so, so that gives you a better feel for you know the context. And then another aspect of context and where some things we're doing, where obviously you know whether it's using our rapid scan capabilities or uh, intelligent orchestration. Um, really centers around based on certain policy, based on certain um, prioritization and KPIs. You know, what do I do? Do I do I fail the build? Do I allow the build and flag it? Uh, and so that that helps provide deeper context uh, for uh, for the developers. So so that's a little bit of insight on that. If a company is looking for um, a rapid scanning solution. What are some features that you would consider to be kind of like must-haves that they should be looking for? Yeah, if you're if you're looking at you know the the the, the ability to accelerate application security as part of your CI/CD process, um, you know some of the key capabilities you really need to start with center around. First, do do they cover the languages and frameworks that we're that we're developing in? And uh, you know, hey, uh, if you're doing a lot of JavaScript, is there is there coverage there? Uh, and um, so I, I think it it starts with taking a look at that, and then you look at okay, looks like looks like in this case, Synopsys has some pretty darn good coverage. Great. How well do they now automate and integrate? You know, to provide DevOps speed. How how's the tooling? Do they have open APIs? Do they have um, IDEs for the developer desktop that enable the developer to kick off scans? You know, locally if that's what they want to do. Um, and then you, I think you also look at can you provide the the appropriate level of details and insight. Um, for the dependency. So again, if you're thinking about open source components and really analyzing the open source, um, first, uh, is there is there coverage? And second, really, is there um, is there the the speed that we require based on where we're at in the process? And really looking at it from a you know continuous integration perspective. I mentioned Jenkins. I think I mentioned GitHub. Uh, rapid scan with with SCA, you know, with GitLab. So when, in this case, when um, when the Black Duck would would uh, perform the dependency analysis, uh, you then can provide the security issues uh, and or the compliance uh, policy types of issues, violations, or whatever they want, whatever we call those. So I think those are some of the key things that you look at and how do, how do the capabilities work, which really ties in from a CICD, uh, pipeline perspective, again, going back to Jenkins. Um, so those are some of the things, and then maybe the modernization too. I mean, uh, 
a lot of tools have been out there for a while. Um, and so it's important, and we've been doing a lot of this with Coverity to drive modernization, and you need to be modern with uh, the ability to look at cloud native applications and uh, how you can look for misconfigurations of code. Uh, and those are all really key areas that you have to take into consideration because if you don't, and again, this goes back to what we talked about a few minutes ago, you then end up in situations where that friction comes back into play and what the developers not like, they don't like friction, they don't like things that slow them down. And so it goes back to what was the old, um, who was it that said do no harm? I think they, I think they went back on that. I won't recall out who it was, but that really is part of this is, you know, do, do good, help the developers provide secure coding and best practices as part of a program, enable them, reduce the friction, automate, and give them guidance on remediation. So those are all some really key things. Where all does synopsis play in all of what we've talked about? Well, it's, I mean, we're really in a unique position. So having been in application security for quite some time and being with another solutions provider, um, Synopsys brings all elements to the table. So the combination, so take the products out of it. We have some amazing products, Coverity, Black Duck, Seeker, et cetera. But we also have an amazing services team. So what we bring to the table is really a holistic approach from not only from products, but also from a services perspective. So if somebody needs to have an analysis done on their AppSec program, we have BSIM, we have uh, security consultants, uh, we have uh, some of the smartest people in the world in application security that can help you build out your program. We can come in and do pen testing um, and really profile your environment for you and get you, get you on the right track. So we do that, and then in combination with that, then we also have the broadest asset portfolio that's out there. And one of the reasons why we're ranked really high in the, you know, with the analysts, not just uh, not just show. There's a lot of go there, um, and uh, it centers around Coverity being, you know, one of the leading scanners from a SaaS perspective in the space. Uh, Black Duck, which again I think is one of two providers in the the Forrester wave, the, the, the highest part of the wave, the leadership part of the wave. And so that's, that's a pretty big deal. And then complementary capabilities around that with, with IAS, with Seeker, um, and, and some other, some other technologies, our code DX acquisition. So we're also growing, right? We're not just stopping there. We're, we're adding new capabilities. So that is, that's enabling risk mitigation and the aggregation and normalization of, multiple scanning tools, not just our own, but others as well to really provide that insight, actionability and insight that uh, that's pretty rare. Um, and so, so the, and then, and then the flexibility, I mean, we're driving a very uh, hybrid approach to on-premise capabilities. So continuing to modernize there and provide scalability, pick your cloud provider, right? You want to self-host? You decide, you know, and we'll package up the software and make it easier for you to deliver it in Azure or wherever. But at the same time, also really accelerating our SaaS, I call it the SaaSification of application security to bring everything together to make it easier so that you don't have to install software or manage it. And then really provide that flexibility of choice between the two. 
especially with larger, large organizations. Some of them may be SaaS or, or on-prem or have a mix, or maybe you acquire someone. You don't have the current capacity to maybe add new on-premise technologies or capabilities. You might augment that with, with a, a multi-tenant SaaS solution to do static analysis for some period of time or a mix over time that brings all those things together. So, so there's a it's there's an impressive array of services, product, and solutions that Synopsys brings to the table that uh, it's pretty hard for the others to match, no question. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Hey, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And uh, you have a good rest of your day. Thanks, everyone, for listening this week. Again, thank you to Synopsys for sponsoring the episode this week. Find out more about their offerings over on synopsis.com.